We are in a very special week that has Chai Elul. Chai Elul, as we all know, we learned about it, we heard about it a few days ago, the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov and of Baal And there is a word from Chassidim that the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe would repeat, that Chai Elul, the word Chai means life. Elul means it's the month when we do tshuva. So Chai Elul means Chai, it brings life into our Davoid of Elul. And all the things that we do during this month, we get a special Kayach from Chai Elul. Before I begin the story, I want to tell you about a riddle. One of the main things what Hasidus accomplished, that it brings us light. It shows us the way in everything that we got to do. Not just how to dive in or how to learn, but 24-7. 365 days throughout the entire lifetime, it gives us a way to live how Hashem wants. It gives us chayas. It's like standing in a dark room and turning on the light. Suddenly you see everything clear. And that's what the Baal Shem Toiv and the Alt Rebbe accomplished. That's why they are called Shnei the two big lights. Because they're the chesidists that they brought to the world and all the other rabbeim brought us light into everything of our life. Even the way we play. There's a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe and he writes that when it comes recess time and kids play, the kids have to know that it's not a wild time. And they have to be careful how they play. And not to say not nice words. He says, Grabereid, to be careful, to speak edel and nice. Because chsidis is supposed to be reflected in everything of our life. The way we eat, the way we dress. A few days ago, I saw a clip from the Rebbe. Rebbe speaks about the shirts or the clothing we wear should only have Yiddish stuff on it. That's why I remember standing in 770 right during Mincha in the upstairs small shul and there was a Yid who came from Australia and he brought his anical with him. I think it was his anical, I think it was his son, because he was an older person, and this was a young kid. And I was standing very close to where the Rebbe was standing, and where this man was standing with his anical. And the Rebbe turned to him and pointed to the shirt that his anical was wearing, that it had some kind of symbol on the pocket, 
on the part of the, I don't know if there was a packet or the area of the packet. And the Rebbe pointed it out to him that it should be Yiddish stuff. See this? Is supposed to translate in everything in our life. So here's the riddle. A father once wanted to test his kids. Yankel, Betel, and Schmetel. It says, Yankel, Betel, and Schmetel, come here. You see this room? If I was going to tell you to fill it up to its maximum capacity with anything you want, books, toys, balls, chairs, furniture, how would you fill it up to the maximum? So Yankel said, oh, you know what I would do? I'll take little pieces of paper, crunch them up into little bullies, and make like a million of them, and fill up the room to the most, to the capacity. Hmm. That's not, that's not a bad idea. Okay, Beryl, what would you do? Beryl said, I'll do better than that. Because between one piece of paper and the next, even though they're squeezed together, there is a lot of air. I would put in water. I would fill up the room with complete, full capacity of water. Water goes all over. There's no room for air. Natati says, good idea. What do you say, Shmerl? Shmerl said, that's still, that's still not good enough. I have something even better. That's still not good enough. Because everyone knows that in water, there's a thing which is called molecules. Little bubbles of air. Tiny microscopic bubbles of air. So it's not completely water. When you see water, there's also air in it. So what would you do? How would you fill up the room? With something that you don't have to put anything else in it. And Shmerl says, come inside the room and I'll show you. Close the door, turn down the window shades, turned off the light, says, it's pitch dark now. And he went and turned on the light. I just filled the room with light. He says, you're the winner. Because that's the maximum. There isn't a, like little dots of darkness all over the place. Light is light. And it goes all over and it spreads. Why am I telling you this? To bring out the point that the light of Hasidus, the Shnei Ma'erois, this is a light that spreads all over our life. And when we say it brings light, light, it means it brings bracha, that everyone's healthy, everyone has parnasa, everyone has everything they need. That's the light of Hasidus. And this is what the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe brought us. So I want to tell you a story about the times of the Alter Rebbe. There was a one of his chassidim, Rebbe Baruch, 
lived in a city not far from the Alter Rebbe. And one day, the minister who was in charge of everything going on in the city, who was appointed by the Russian government, came to his house and offered a job to Rebbe Baruch. What was the job? They were then building railroad tracks. Like now you have tracks all over the world, rail, train tracks, subways. In those days, we were just starting to build. And in order to build railroad tracks, you need very heavy iron, metal, steel. But that can't stand on the ground. They will sink in. What do they put under the metal, under the steel? Wood. wood. Planks of wood, logs. But the logs have to be very, very strong and heavy wood, hard wood. So they need special trees. They have to cut it down and shape it, polish it, and then it's shipped off to the workplace where they're putting down the tracks. So the minister told Reb Baruch, we got a lumber yard here, it belongs to the government. The lumber yard is a place where they have all different kinds of wood and where they do work with wood. And I need a manager to oversee this lumber yard. There's a lot of work to be done. Someone to keep count, how many logs for the tracks go out, how many trees came in and how it was made into logs. Can you do the job and we'll pay you for each week a hundred ruble. In those days, a hundred rubles a lot. Rebirth said, I would love to do it, but I can't work a full week. I'm a Yid and I keep Shabbos. Okay, then six days a week. I have heard about you that you're the most honest person in this city. And I need someone very honest to, to do this job. So it's worth it for me to work only six days. He says, but I have a problem with that too. I can't work a whole Friday. Friday afternoon, I have to go home and start getting ready for Shabbos. Just by the way, I want to tell you, I once told you this, Misa, that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote a letter to my grandfather, who was living then in Pittsburgh, and he said, make sure you're back home from work on Friday around two hours before Lichbenschen. So that's what Rebbe Baruch was telling him. Rebbe Baruch said, I, I need a few hours before Shabbos. He says, okay. So he took the job. The minister was extremely satisfied with the work that he did. Everything was so well kept. It was very orderly. Everything with a say there. And he showed him the books at the end of each week. Everything was just good. He saw how everything was written down, coming in, going out. And he got his paycheck week after week. Now, in that town, there was a guy, a big Russia, a big troublemaker. They call, 
He was called Alex. And he wanted to get Reb Baruch into trouble. Why? Because Alex used to be the manager of the lumberyard. But the minister sent him away. Why? Because Alex did not know how to get along with people. Alex did not know how to get along with people. He used to fight anyone who came into the lumberyard. He used to scream. He was able to, to pick a fight. Anyway, even with the cockroaches, he was able to fight. With everyone, they had no... He, they couldn't handle him. And no wonder he had no friends in, in the city. So the minister sent him away. He fired him. And now Rebaruch is the one who took over the place. You can imagine how Alex is happy about that. He was so angry. Alex decided to take revenge. He's going to get Rebaruch into trouble because he's so jealous. The hatred that comes from jealousy is the worst kind of hatred. Alex is thinking of a way to get rid of Reb Baruch. Why, that Jew took over my place? I used to be the manager. Now he took it over. What did Alex do? One night, while the entire city was asleep, Alex somehow got his way into the lumberyard. And he stole 20 logs the expensive wood that's used for the tracks that belongs to the government. He stole them, put them onto a wagon, and led them away to Rebaruch's house and went in the backyard where Rebaruch had a barn, like a garage, and he piled them up against the wall and covered it with grass, straw, hay that was in the garage. Covered that no one should see it. Now, why should he do such a thing? If he would steal it for himself, but he, to bring it to a baruch, the next morning, he went to the minister, and he said to the minister, Aha! And you think baruch is so honest? Yes. Come and I'll show you what I discovered. Come and I'll show you how honest he is. The minister came with him to the garage behind Reb Baruch's house. And he shows the minister, look, says, I see a pile of hay. Now look inside. He moved it away and he was shocked. The logs that belong to the government, they're now by Reb Baruch. I always trusted Reb Baruch. What happened? Rebarach is going to get seriously punished, severely punished for such a thing. But let me warn you, Alex, that if it turns out to be not true, then your life is worthless. A few days later, Rebarach got a letter in the mail. In it, it read, Rebarach, you are to appear before my office. The minister is writing this. You must appear at the minister's office 
Tuesday morning, 8 o'clock. And if you fail to come, you'll get punished to the full extent of the law. Baruch was shocked. What is this about? Doesn't seem like he's inviting me for a party. It sounds like something serious is going on. Baruch said to his wife, you know, I know a couple of friends of mine who got such letters and they went and they never came back home. They were either sent to jail or to Siberia or they were put to death. So my going there only has one meaning and I don't want to go there. But on the other end, I can't ignore it because he says failing to come will bring me the biggest punishment. Baruch put on his coat and he said to his wife, he's going to the Alter Rebbe. A Rebbe has eyes. The Rebbe sees what other people can't see. And even when we're in a situation that we can't find any solution this way or that way, go or not go, a Rebbe has eyes and he can see more than we can. He came to the Alter Rebbe, it was Sunday afternoon, to get advice. Should he go in two days from now? Or should he not go? Alter Rebbe looked at the letter and Alter Rebbe said to him, Baruch, this is what you shall do. Come back to me next week Sunday and I'll tell you what to do next. That's all the Rebbe told him. And Rabbi Baruch left. When he came home, his wife said, Baruch, what, why do you have that puzzled look on your face? I'm very confused. In two days from now, I'm supposed to appear at the office of the minister. And the Rebbe, all he said was, come back next Sunday to him. How can I ignore the minister's letter? I don't know what to do. Well, Baruch, did the Rebbe tell you to go? No then you're not going. That's one thing for sure, you're not going. But what's about the punishment? Punishment? Do you think by listening to the Rebbe, you'll end up with a punishment? Why don't we wait and have betachen and Hashem and wait until next week and go Sunday to the Rebbe and the Rebbe will tell you what to do next. And our class is also going to wait until next week for me to come and tell the next part of the story.